All right. We're back in business. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls alike, um, we're happy to be back. Feels like we never left, I'll be completely honest. Um, we got the boys back in the studio once again. Happy to bring back our good pal, Matt, Matt from Hoboken. No joking. So Matt from Hoboken, No Joking Town USA is here in the studio with us once again. We got your boy Uncle Train. We got your favorite Yankee schmuck putz fan. Uh, the big dog, the doggy duty stain on the back of your pantaloons that you got for cheap from the clearance racket Coles. So everybody, uh, you know, give him a warm welcome. It's good to have him back, even though he's a schmuck putz. But folks, the show must go on. You know how we do it here in the lovely Big Apple. Slash Hoboken, no joking. We're talking Mets. We're talking Yankees. And we got a new segment today for the lovely boys and girls who are listening. Um, this is a new one, folks. We're going to be answering a couple mailbag questions. So we got some questions for our award from our award-winning listeners. And they got a couple questions for Uncle Train, Big Dog, and Fred Alton. So we're going to see uh, what they have in store for us. And we're going to give our pure, unadulterated... Uh, unedited responses, reactions, etc., etc., all of the above. We're actually getting questions live. I just got a question from uh, young, uh, young Matthias Jabunis Russell. Uh, so, Boone, thank you for the questions. We're getting shit live here, folks. We're doing it off the cuff. You gotta love it. You absolutely hate to see it. And there's a guarantee, there's no doubt in my mind, that you 100% absolutely have to suck it, folks. And that's Really the only constant that I like to live by. Uh, so, Big Dog, Frat, anything to add? Yeah, just happy to be back. Uh, it's been a great couple weeks of baseball. Looking forward to discussing it with uh, Fratty O and Uncle Train. Hopefully Uncle Train doesn't go too far off of the tracks too quickly. We, uh, we think it's going to be a good one today, folks. And, uh... You know, you really do love to see it, but as Uncle Train said, you're going to have to suck it. It's an absolute lock, and that's, you can't argue it. There really you just can't is, argue it. There really is no question you're going to have to suck it. I do want to give a special shout-out to uh, the big dog, the schmuck putz himself. The boy, I finally convinced him to get a brand-new microphone for his laptop, and ladies and gentlemen, simple $19, $20, and you could just see the difference. You could hear the difference in quality. You could feel it going through your bones. It's beautiful. It's pure. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, Matt from Hoboken, anything to add before we jump into it? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm pretty disappointed that you wrote some notes for this week. What? I really do like, I do like when you go off the trails, uh, the tracks a little bit. Oh, we're, we're going off the tracks, don't worry. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, your notes are to go off the track. Okay, that's perfect. Of course, come on. You know how it goes. You gotta have a little bit prepared, I've, I've realized, but still, the, uh, the tracks, we got the, the guy with the... With like the curly mustache who pulls the thing right when the train is going and it goes off the tracks. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. Come on, baby. Boy, let's go. We're going to hit you with a little bit of Tommy Rose. Sweet tea. Come on, boy. How we doing? Gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, boys oh, and wow, how about that, folks? We might have just came in at the exact same second. Unbelievable, folks. I'm telling impressive. you, it's pure, it's unadulterated. You gotta love it. What is that? It's unadulterated. I saw that, I think, on a, like a roast or something, like a 
Comedy Central roast they advertise as pure, you know, unedited, unadulterated comedy or something. I don't even know what unadulterated means. I'm assuming it means like just natural. Nothing's happening. I don't know. It could be a dirty word. For rated R, baby. It's rated R. Is that is that is that what that means? No, I'm making shit up. I have no idea. Okay, define unadulterated because I know like adultery is not good. Um, okay, how do how do I get my phone to stop vibrating? I put it in Do Not Disturb and it's still vibrating. How do you turn yeah, it off? Do Not Disturb never works. I don't even understand. This is horseshit. Okay, well I apologize, <laughs> listeners, uh, if you hear a little bit of vibrating, but. Unfortunately, uh, is this still recording? I'm a popular dude. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Unadulterated is not mixed or diluted with any different or extra elements. Complete and absolute. Okay, so great. That's exactly what I intended it to be. Folks, you gotta love it, Uncle Train. That's why he, uh, he did all right in his SATs. You know, not good enough to go to Yale or Harvard, but he went to the University of Delaware. Let's go Blue Hens. Come on, boy. So we're going to start this off. Uh, unfortunately, I'm really, I'm, I really apologize to all the listeners, but we're going to have to endure the wrath of the big dog. Talking about the evil empire in the Bronx as our first segment. You know, we like to change it up. You know, we're talking Mets, we're talking Yanks, but of course we we do a little switcheroo, switcherama. So, big dog, I mean, you got your team. You gotta love they're atop the standings. Uh, The Rays have been on a little bit of a tear, but the Yanks, as of course is tradition, standing atop the AL East. I mean, you got to be wondering what's going on with the O's, but again, I got a couple things to talk about with you, but I'll pick your brain later. I'll let you go on. Just talk about the Yanks, the Bronx Bombers, schmuck putzes from the early 1900s. You hate to see it, but either way, Miguel, when, is that when they were founded? Early 1900s? Yeah. Excuse me? Um, something like that. Okay. Big Dog. Big Dog going to chime in on the New York Yankees report. Uh, so the New York Yankees are 16-6 and six heading into tonight's game <clears throat> with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, they have the best record in baseball. And folks, you know the Big Dog loves to see that. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. They are coming off six straight wins, two against the Atlanta Braves. No problem, Mets. We'll take care of business for you because you can't take care of it yourself. And then swept the unbelievably bad Boston Red Sox. I mean, folks, it's it's, it's really just unbelievable. I did not think they could possibly be this bad, but really, they they are. I mean, and it's folks, so hard yeah, to watch. It, it's unbelievable how bad they are. And the Yankees just beat the shit out of them for four games. Yankees are seven and zero against them on the season. Jesus. The Yankees are ten and zero at home. And folks, the Bronx Bombers are ruling shit in the Bronx. You'll love to see it. There's a lot of shout-outs, but let's get to what the biggest news is in Yankee land uh, currently, and that is injuries to three of the best players on the team. First, after uh, I gave him a quick little shout-out on the last episode, I made a mistake there, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, who was looking healthy as fuck. Really was was looking good, swinging the bat. Um, he goes down, running to second base, uh, pulls a hamstring. He's going to miss three to four weeks, folks. Um, hopefully you get him back in September and he's ready to go for October. That's really what's important. Um, but I really just feel for the guy. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who's in really good shape. Uh, definitely, definitely worked hard, especially after last year, to uh, get himself back on track. 
um, and be ready to go for this season. And unfortunately, it did not work out for him. Uh, contract is uh, it's not looking so great for the Yankees with all the injuries that uh, he monitored. has had. Um, so we're going to have to monitor that closely. But I do feel very, very bad for him. I know he wants to be out there um, based on his comments. Uh, then we had, uh, well, I'm actually going to go out of order. Then we had DJ LeMahieu go down. Uh, he was the most recent Yankee to go down, sprained his thumb, similar injury to what he had uh, back in 2018. Uh, his last his last year with the Rockies. Can't believe they let him go, folks. You hate to see that for them. Oof. You love to see it for us, and you have to suck it uh, for the Colorado Rockies. DJ LeMahieu sprained thumb. Uh, Going to sideline him two to three weeks. He was just hitting every single pitch that was thrown at him, batting well over 400, uh, batting like 100 points better than everyone else in the American League. Um, would would have become like the first person ever, and he still might do it if, uh, if he gets the at-bats, to win the batting title in both the American League and the National League. The guy is just, I mean, he's, he's the machine. I mean, he just, all he does is hit. He's a beautiful uh, player to watch. And it's very unfortunate the Yankees are going to have to uh, navigate the waters of not having DJ LeMahieu. Um, and then lastly, of course, folks, you know, this one is, uh, this one kills me a little bit. It really upsets me when uh, when Aaron Judge goes down. But oh, unfortunately, himself, folks. unfortunately, Aaron Judge has suffered a uh, calf strain. The reporting on it was a bit funky, uh, and that's why I saved this for last, because I have some things to say about this, folks. Um, been getting some questions from people about my thoughts uh, as this whole thing has taken place, so no better, no better place to, uh, Give to us state thoughts, how I'm McDonald. feeling. Give us the thoughts. So, first of all, hated how uh, Aaron Boone and the Yankees handled the reporting of this injury. Um they pulled them from a game that they were up big in against the Braves. Knew right away there was something fishy about it. He had just had a day off. He did not need another one. He had one coming up on Thursday. Um, and it was just weird. They said, Boone said after the game, he's okay. You know, we just want to give him some rest after that series in Tampa on the turf because Tropicana Field is literally a dumpster. Um and then the next day he's not in the lineup we hear he has lower body tightness it's the hamstrings it's the calves it's the this it's the that it's it's everything on his lower body and then you're just like here we go again unbelievable yankees false reporting of injuries uh aaron judge going down again it was like deja vu all over again as yogi used to say folks um and then of course friday comes along you know they push back a press conference uh, for Boone, an hour plus. And then, of course, you know that the news is not going to be good, folks. And Aaron Judge has landed on the IL. Um, so, yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, the, the Yankees are shady with injuries, folks. They, they, uh, they don't seem to want to be transparent all the time about these things. I'm not sure what that is, but as a fan, it is super frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Maybe they're a bunch um, of dirty liars and cheats. All right, relax, relax, over, <laughs> relax, relax over there, Uncle Trey. Um, and uh, the thing is, you know, now, now more information has come out. 
Judge came out uh, a couple days after the injury, said he was begging to stay off the IL, felt it was just a couple-day thing caused by the Tampa turf. You hate to see that, folks. Um, and, yeah, uh, he was back on the field taking batting practice today. Really feels like he, he could play right now. Um, and so, that's good. So you like to see him yeah, doing so, baseball activity. Go ahead. So, I mean, Go ahead. Judge coming out and saying that, you know, that he was begging not to go on the IL. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the situation there? So this, this is the second part of this equation, and I actually happen to agree with the Yankees doing this, okay. uh, putting, it, putting him on the IL, even if he is begging that he, you know, begging to stay off of it, saying he's healthy, and it seems like he is if he's taking batting practice already. But, but here, folks, is why I would agree with what the Yankees did. This season, eight teams in the American League are making the playoffs. The Yankees are going to be one of those eight teams. The road for them to not be there, it's just, it's it's not happening. They are going to be one of those top eight teams. So then you say to me, but but Big Dog, the Yankees play so well at home. Wouldn't you want Aaron Judge in the lineup trying to give them the best chance to get home field throughout? And to you, I say, well, it's looking like the MLB is going to be doing a bubble situation. So if that happens then it really does not matter if they come in first, if they come in second, if they come in third, fourth, you get the picture. What does matter is that come October, you have your best player on the field, healthy and ready to go. If he has to miss a week now, I'd rather them be very, very cautious with the face of the franchise um, and make sure that he is ready to go come October. So that is why I wholeheartedly agree uh, with the decision to put him on the IL, even if he could be playing right now. You don't want to risk re-injury here. You don't want to risk worsening the injury. Um, and quite frankly, like these games, they're important, but they can afford to lose a few um, if it means having him ready for October. So that is uh, why I would agree with them. But again, do not love the handling of it. But folks, if we get him back on Saturday against the New York Metropolitans, you're going to love to see that. He will be back on the field, and you know he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder. He's got to catch Titty Man Jr. for the home run lead. Um, Anyway, I don't want to spend too much more time on the injuries. I know I've already spent quite a bit of time on that. Um, So I will give a few quick notes on how I have been feeling. Uh, And one more injury-related note, as I say that I'm going to get off of it. I rolled this Chapman's back. He's throwing 101. You love to see it, folks. It's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, as I said, Yankees, six straight wins. The next man up mentality is back for this season. How about Clinton Frazier? I mean, this guy, no Papa Olton doesn't love Clint. He's had his his (laughs) issues with Clint in the past. but Still do. Still got my issues. Clint Frazier, um, just unbelievable. I, I think within like three games had just as many extra base hits this season as that little prick, Jose Altuve. Um, just unbelievable. He comes up, replaces Judge in the lineup because Judge goes down with the injury. First day, goes three for four, single, double, tater tot. I mean, the guy is just hitting. It, it, it's really great to see his defense. Uh, I'm not sold, but it stinks. Well, we haven't really seen him do anything terrible yet, but uh, yeah, um, the guy can hit. He's a professional hitter. I, I love seeing, he just seems like he's way more mature the way he's handling the media, the way he's handled the whole situation. Um, big shout out to Clint Frazier. Uh, really hope he can continue his success uh, in the Bronx. I think he's earning way more at bats. 
um, and hopefully he doesn't have to be sent down again. Um, then we have, uh, and I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I'm giving the guy a shout out again because he's really been unbelievable. Mike Talkman, folks. This Talk guy is just sock man. He just does everything well. He's a great defender. He's a great hitter. He's batting well over 300. He's been doing this. It's not a fluke, folks. He's been doing it since the uh, the the middle of last year. Um, just a really, really good hitter. Just another guy that the Yankees pick up off the scrap heap from Colorado and. Colorado's got to be a little upset. I mean, they watch Adovino, they watch Talkman, they watch LeMahieu all crush it for the Yankees. They could have had these guys. You know, you got you to gotta do better on your talent evaluation, Colorado. You hate to see it. Um, and lastly, I will talk about two concerns I have. Of course, you're 16-6. and six. There aren't too many concerns. The Yankees are playing great baseball. A lot of guys playing well, of course. You have, you have Luke Voigt, two home runs last night. I think he's got seven on the year. Guy is just jacked and hitting dingers all over the field. It's great. Jersey in the entire league. Yeah, Olton has to love it. it. You gotta love it. I'm a huge fan of Luke Boyd. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who wears a shirt as tight as that is okay in my book. And he just got like three buttons undone. Chest is bulging out. The drip is unreal. It's insane. It's it's incredible, and he's just a very good baseball player. Uh, Another guy, the Yankees just. You know, they traded Chase and Shreve for him, and you guys are... Yeah, baby. Guys are, also, to be fair, they also Paul. traded... I know, Gallegos. Gallegos, who's pretty good. 100%. Um, so, anyway, I won't spend too much time. Urshela, great player. Uh, I do want to talk about two concerns, right? Uh, one, and I know... You're getting kind of loud. One is... Uh, He's got to get adjusted. It's new. One is... Uh, one is number. Gary Sanchez, who I know Uncle Tran is uh, rearing and ready to go to, to talk about. Gary Dennis Sanchez. Stinks. He stinks on ice. He's an absolute sack of garbage, trash, piece of shit catcher, folks. you got to be wondering, how can a man get so lost amidst such great talent in the Bronx? I mean, the B-man himself, Michael, how do you explain the 30 Ks, the 129 batting average for 20 games, I mean, no sign of any life in this dude? What the hell is going on? Well, so first off, I don't think it's that there's no sign of any life. He did hit stinks. a few home runs over the weekend. Stinks. Relax. He does. He does kind of stink. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I I I said it uh, on the last episode, and I'll say it again. So, yeah. Gary Sanchez's biggest problem is that he stinks. He on doesn't. Ice. He doesn't shorten up his swing uh, in any count. He is constantly just looking to hit the cover off the ball. And when he does, it goes a damn long way, folks. Um, and and he is, he, you know, compared to most catchers offensively, you're still probably going to take him. But it's just tough to watch him. Um, you know, defensively, he actually, the numbers would tell you he's been better this year. Um, you know, so that is one positive. But Gary Sanchez is just infuriating. I, I there's no other way to say it. He's just an infuriating baseball player to watch. Um, I, I don't believe in his ability to hit big pitching come playoff time. And stinks, stinks. I, I would just, I would, you know, I miss Austin Romine. That guy the can lettuce, put the ball in play. You got to love the lettuce man. I mean, he was one of the greatest. The lettuce was, <laughs> the pre, lettuce it was pre-washed three times over. It's organic. It's sitting in the organic greens section of the produce aisle. And you really got to be wondering, why did they give up the lettuce man? 
and folks, you know, all for a, you know, a can of beans. So, you can see it. I think it's fair to say that the Yankees also don't really believe in Gary Sanchez, considering their past, like, few drafts, picking uh, early-round catchers, and seems True. like they're preparing for a future without having to pay Gary. Or maybe Gary hears JT Realmuto breathing down his neck. Folks. I don't fully agree. Um, I think catching depth in the minors is very important. Um, I, I think the Yankees will defend Gary Sanchez for a long time. I, I don't think he is. I don't think he. What the hell was that? It's the vi- fucking vibrator. Vibrates. I don't know how to turn it off. It's, how do you not make your phone vibrate when it's on, when it's on Do Not Disturb? It's ridiculous. Steve Jobs. Oh shit! No, he's dead. Uh, who's the new Apple guy? <laughs> Tim Cook. Tim Cook, Senor Apple, please. The Cookie Man. Cookie Man? The Cookie Man. Let me tell you something about the Cookie cookie Man. man. Uh, If you're Um, listening to Subway Series, just please figure out a way to make the vibrating stop, please. Thank you, okay? We'll continue. um, So I I think the Yankees are going to stick with Gary Sanchez for, you know, quite a while. I I don't think... uh, they're willing to let him go. I think the talent wins out in this instance. There have been other situations with him where they have stood by him and defended him. Um, playoff games when he's made big-time mistakes and a lot of the fan base was clamoring for Austin Romine, myself included. Uh, almost got in a fight in the bathroom over it. Almost got into a fight in the Billy's bathroom. Even though you, you could change the vibrate on silent off. <laughs> yes, okay. we... Everyone else who lives in the 21st century knows that. Thank you for, thank you for joining the rest of us. Um, Our tech guy, folks, give him a round. <laughs> it's truly unbelievable. Um, but it's interesting that that uh, that you think of it that way. I I do not see them going away from Gary Sanchez anytime soon. I don't think they will sign JT Realmuto. I just don't see it happening. Um, but he's he's tough. Well, the thing is, he's he's cheap. He's cheap talent. Um, and I mean, I think it's more of a situation that they're not going to re-sign him when the time comes. Of course, and they, you know the they're definitely anticipating having other good young catching talent ready to come up and take a spot instead of giving a contract to an aging catcher, right. especially when they don't really last beyond age thirty in terms of production in the, uh, the majors. Buster Pudge. Yeah, very. Buster Pudge. Roided very, Pudge. Roided Pudge. Very possible. Um, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. Uh, and then the last, the other concern I have um, is Glaber Torres. Uh, the baby man, folks. you got to tip the cap to the baby man. Bat's woken up a little bit. The power is not there from last year. I, I do think that'll come. I'm not so concerned about his bat. I think the average is now back up around like 240 or so. That's fine. Um, what I am nervous about is his defense. Um American League, or I think League lead, American League, it doesn't even matter. He's got six errors at shortstop, folks. You don't like to see that. We're only 22 games into the season. Um, it's just, it's not great. And and what's really kind of concerning is that he makes a lot of them on plays that are just, like, routine plays, like, on the throw or on just, like, fielding the ball. I, I mean, it's just... Though. It's just not great defensively. He's made some nice plays too, but you know it is a concern, and you can't have that when the games really start mattering. Um, yeah, he might he, he might actually be playing um, 
with a gigantic duke in his pantaloons, <laughs> and that might be the reason of his defensive woes. You know, but you can solve for a gigantic duke in the pantaloons, so that's, that's a good thing. Day. Sponsored by Tushy. You, you can, uh, uh, yeah, we are sponsored by Tushy, folks. Uh, quick plug for Tushy. They will give you the cleanest tush you've ever had in your life, folks. The cleanest tush love to see on this side of the Mesa Dixie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're, we're going to have to, that's something to watch. Um, and, yeah, just to sum it up, Yankees are great. Hopefully, Judge comes back this weekend. Ho- hopefully, LeMay here instead. That's all we need to say, Jeez. right? Yankees are great. Um, Chapman back. Bullpen now has four I mean, pretty pretty reliable overall, guys. Overall, the pitching has not been a concern. I mean, you look at their last few games, and they're not you know losing games. They're not you know they're not winning games like you know eight to six or ten to seven on like a regular basis. I mean, the last few games, yeah, granted against the Sox. Uh, kind of snagged the big old-fashioned farts, but, you know, Sox scored in that four-game series three runs, five runs, two runs, three runs, you know, so you got three, three or four of those games in that series where they didn't score more than three runs, and, you know, of course, when you're the Yanks, you expect to win, but I'm surprised that the rotation is really holding it down like this. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a shock, but... I would like to know when we're going to see Clark Schmidt, though. He's got to be coming up soon, right? Schmitty boy, Schmitty it, boy. It's, it's interesting. I, I think we will see him sometime. I, the guy who he's going to take the rotation spot of, unless he comes out of the bullpen, is going to have to be Jay Happ. I mean, Montgomery, I think, looks pretty good. He pitched well against the Red Sox last night, unfortunately. Guy was cruising. I think it would have been like a potential breakout type start for Montgomery against them yesterday, but rain, rain, rain got in the way. You hate to see that, folks. Um, James Paxton's not leaving the rotation, barring an injury. The velocity is getting a little better. I'm still a little concerned there, but Paxton's pitched better recently. Um, Tanaka not pitching great tonight, but overall, he's just still getting stretched out, and you trust Tanaka in prime time. Garrett Cole, obviously, um, don't need to spend too much time on him, but I did love seeing him dominate the Red Sox. Seven innings, eight strikeouts. Suck it. Nice introduction to the rivalry, but it would be Jay Happ. Um, Clark, Clark Schmidt Clark Schmidt can definitely make an impact on this team, and I'm definitely curious uh, what the game plan is for him. You start to burn the minor league option here, which is the only thing. And especially, you know, given the circumstances, who knows if you're kind of going to, you know, waste an extra year of a... Uh, uh, potentially exposing the free agency a year earlier. I mean, you also want to win. Yeah, but... Like, yeah. You know, he definitely gives you a I better chance to win than J.A. Happ does. Agreed, agreed. But, I mean, you would really have to see Happ and Paxton just start to, like, fucking get shelled for, like, I don't know, fucking, like, you know, six runs on a regular basis kind of thing. Which right now but, hasn't been the case, but... But but Happ does kind of do that. I mean, he didn't do it against the Red Sox, but... But at this point, I might, I might be able to p- pitch against the Red Sox and, and sure. give a quality outing out was, there. I'm so. pretty sure, doesn't Hap have like an innings clause that'll activate another option next year for $17 million? He does, and I'm not sure exactly what the, uh, what the prorated version of that is with the new 60-game schedule. Um, you got to assume they're going to be looking to avoid that, though. I, don't I want him would back. certainly think so. We talk I would certainly think so. Podcast, folks. You're only getting the finest content, the detailed prorated numbers here of the contracts of J.A. Hat. Um, Miguel, anything else to add before we hop to a uh, word from our sponsors? No. Let's go Yanks, 16-6, at six, best record in baseball. You love to see it, folks. Uh, you really hate to see it, folks. You absolutely have to suck it. That's the guarantee. And now a word from our 
sponsors. Oink, 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 oink zoo pals, buzz, buzz, zoo pals, quack, 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 zoo pals, zoo pals, make it fun. When you clean your plate, then you see their face. Hoot, 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 zoo pals, ribbit, 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 ribbit zoo pals, woof, woof, zoo pals. Zoo pals make eating fun. fun. Zoo pals. I couldn't tell if we were in sync or if it was off because of the latency. It sounded <laughs> it sounded in sync to me. So I, I, I was like, we'll find out once once the recording plays out. But either way, <laughs> either way, folks, it's zoo pals, or uh, they make eating fun. You, you know, it's it's a plate. Never had these, but I saw the commercial for them. Never wanted them. I think it was a little too old. It's a plate with like two ears on the top where you can put little dipping sauces and then you put all this shit that you want to eat or literal shit, in which case that makes Duke Pals, in which case you would go Duke Pals, Duke Pals, Duke Pals, Duke Pals, pals make Duke and fun. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Duke Pals. You take a big old-fashioned Duke right on the plate, and you, you can take your favorite snack, carrot sticks, those dry uh, sesame seed, like, long cracker sticks from the diner that they used to have. Um, <laughs> no one ate those. Those were too hard. Um, or uh, zucchini sticks. Fried zucchini sticks you can also use for Duke Pals. Um, so you take a big old-fashioned Duke on a plate, steam it, and you just dip it, and actually, no, it's disgusting, because then you got to eat the shit. You don't want to do that. I think it's real. the Duke pals are really just a plate. You just shit into it. And then, I think what do you do? Just leave it out in the sun to bake? Yeah, like I mean, a, it's a, like, making, like a freshly baked Dookie cake. Like making, right, it's a freshly baked Dookie. Okay, so really, it's a plate. You take a Duke, you put it in the oven 375, you take it out 15 minutes later, it's a Dookie cake. I think that's what it is. It's... That is how you really make a dookie cake. I can't believe it took us a year and a half to figure this out. But I think we've determined that you need <laughs> you need a Duke pal. Yeah, I mean the Duke pal, uh, Duke pals are making Duke and fun. I mean Duke and has always been fun, but this it's is just gonna blast. enhance just gonna enhance the experience, folks. And any way you can enhance something that's already great, you're gonna take that, you're gonna cash your check. I mean it's gonna be an unbelievable thing. Um, and and who doesn't want a nice Nice little. If if you had one negative about taking a big old Duke, it's that you never, <laughs> it's that you never had a pal to share that experience with. And you now, know, with Duke pals, you finally found the missing puzzle piece that you've needed your whole life. <laughs> you're welcome, folks. That is the type of information that you're getting on the Uncle Train and the Big Dog podcast, Duke pals. Your your friendly neighborhood, your friendly Duke neighborhood Duke friend, friend since 1972. Duke Palace, thank you very much, so, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are happy to be... Mike, don't put the microphone so close to your face. <laughs> Jesus, folks. I mean, the kid gets a new microphone, and all of a sudden he thinks he owns the world. He is the He's big slobbering dog. all over the thing. Doggy duty stain on the back of your pantaloons. You hate to see it. Folks, finally, the Yankee segment is over. Thank God. We can now move on to the 
better half of New York baseball, the New York Metropolitans, hailing from the beautiful Flushing Queens in New York, New York. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me one more time. And a light third one just to put the cherry on top. Ladies and gents, Matt, we got a lot to talk about here. I so mean, this much team, to talk about. Full of ups and downs. We see it every year. A lot of promise. A lot of issues. Um, now, I mean, I want to kick it off just by, uh, by saying to the big dog specifically um, and all the Yanks fans out there, in only five fewer games, I'm happy to say that, hey, yo, Robbie Cano is officially a better baseball player than DJ LeMahieu, ladies and gentlemen. He has a 412 average Stop. through 14 Stop. games. DJ LeMahieu with a 411 average. Stop it. Absolute sack. Mike, move the mic. Eh. Mike, Mike, you have to move the mic. <laughs> I will not be silenced during this nonsense. <laughs> you don't have to be silenced. Just don't deafen us. <laughs> Either Stop. way, I just want to say Robbie Cano, right now a better baseball player than DJ LeMahieu. Higher batting average. Absolutely not, folks. Moving on. Now, moving on. Uh, whew, that was something. Folks, it has been, uh, we're on a bit of a down right now in the land of the Metropolitans. We were feeling pretty hot. Um, we, although we just kind of, kind of, we, we literally got swept by the Phillies over the weekend. So that absolutely stunk the biggest of farts. Um, the Phillies are one of our arch nemesis. Um, and there's sacks to do. That came right after a, a split series with the Nats, which it would have been nice to take three out of one because the Nats sucked the absolute gigantic Duke cake that you would eat with sponsored Zoo Pals. I mean, Duke Pals. Um, but granted... We got a couple negatives. We'll talk about, you know, the rotation, which is another huge negative because God knows what the fuck is going to happen there. But overall, let's just take a little bit of a, you know, a 5,000-foot view. You look at the standings. Yeah, the Mets are in fourth. We're sitting at 10 and 14. Now, we are only four games back from first against the Braves, who are 14 and 10. And then, of course, you got the Marlins at 9 and 7. Then who the fuck knows what's going on there? And then, of course, the Phil's 8-9. Uh, then we're sitting at 10-14, and 14, and that's at 8-12. and 12. So the fact that we're only four games back, and there's plenty of games left to play, it's not like we're completely fucked. And yeah, you may, you may uh, paint me as a demented, lunatic Mets fan, which I will admit that I am, so you can feel free to paint me as such. But again, we're 10-14 and 14 right now. The Braves are 14-10. Plenty of, plenty of season left. We're not, we're not counting anything out. So, yeah, a couple tweaks here and there. <coughs> Excuse me. Need a couple changes, a couple big things to come up for, for some key players. Pete Lonzo's obviously got to step up. But, again, anything can happen. We've seen it before, folks. Let me just bring up, as I feel like I have to do every single time, the 15-1 streak last August that should have landed me a Peter Luger's dinner on the house from the doggy duty stain himself. Unfortunately, we know how that ended. The Mets could not keep up their hot streak, and I had to dish a couple big bucks out of the old wallet. Now, had a great on, time at the steakhouse, though. Had a great it, time. Uh, it was a great dinner. Peter Luger's Brooklyn, come on. Simply the best. Great sauce, too. 
And the bacon was unbelievable. It was like the thickest bacon you've ever had. You get that? If you ever go to Peter Luke's, if we can ever go, you know, out to eat ever again, you know, you know how that goes with the coronavirus. But moving on, the rotation. A lot of question marks around the rotation. Frathew from Hoboken. So we saw today. David Peterson got moved to the 10-day DL. You're really, sorry, IL. We're being politically correct here. We are a politically correct podcast, all-inclusive. He's got some shoulder fatigue. You really hate to see that. We Not were, really great from a guy who has barely pitched in his career. He right. just came up this season. He's, he's made, about four, made about four starts. He's a young buck, and he's already got shoulder fatigue. So, and he was one I mean, of the solid he, he was one of the bright spots on the exactly. team so far in a season that has been pretty mediocre, for lack of a better term. Right. And you, you said this team's not fucked, but in all honesty, with the amount of yeah, okay. injuries and yeah, opt-outs, yeah, like, okay. well, this team's there's fucked. Also tra- there's also a trade They're deadline fucked. coming up. There's also a trade deadline coming up, and you could you know, make a couple moves. And we'll but talk if about this team that. was smart, they wouldn't make a couple moves to make them better. They would ship some guys out. Okay, well, either way. Neither here nor there. I think the way that we play these next few games is really going to determine uh, how we approach the trade deadline. Um, but again, going back to our rotation. So David Peterson moved to the 10-day DL. You really hate IL. You're sorry. You really hate to see it. We recalled Corey Oswald. Gotta love him. Young buck. I think he's what, like 26 years old or something like that. Uh, I, he, I believe he won Eastern League Player of the Year a few years ago back stud. in Double okay. A. So Corey Oswald, guaranteed bona fide stud. Uh, Probably a future said, Cy Young Award winner once he gets to like age once 32, 33. Once he gets shipped from the Mets, of course, he'll become the most elite player in all of baseball. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have a ton of big league experience except for situations exactly like this over the last few years. Uh, he came up in 2018. Um, he pitched through a solid 64 innings, mainly from the pen, uh, through you know a 5.85 uh, ERA, so not great, folks. And then last year, spent a lot of time in the minors. I think he was uh, injured for a little bit. He only threw, like, six innings um, and got fucking shelled and had, like, a 12 ERA. Now, this year, I believe the only game that he played was back in July when our Italian stallion, Riccardo Porcello. A pro-Italian podcast Porcello. Porcello. You got to throw the, the, the hand up. Like yeah, let, let the record show we all have our hands up. We all have up. our hands up, and we're shaking them back and forth. Um, so this is back in July. Ricardo Porcello. He got shelled for fucking, like, six earned across two innings. And then our boy, Corey Oswald, future Cy Young winner, came out of the pen, guns blazing, and threw a solid four innings for the boys, of course. The downside of that is that he gave up five earned on seven hits. <laughs> Dude, why are we wasting time on Corey Oswald? We're not wasting time on Corey Oswald. I'm just telling you what the situation is. <laughs> so we recalled Corey Oswald, brought him up. So he's making a little spot. Um, so he's going to fill a little spot in the rotation in the, while our rotation is completely battered. So who else is hurt in the rotation? Walker. Clearly we got Syndergaard, who, you know, in the uh, offseason opted for Tom John surgery. You got Stroman, who opted out. Earlier this month, and basically just gave the big old middle finger to the Mets, even though I can thought I ask he was you, our golden boy. Can I ask you both a question? Uh, Marcus Stroman, what are your guys' thoughts and feelings on the whole Stroman situation? Now, here's how I look at Extremely it Extremely disappointing. He's never going to play another game in a Mets jersey. You really hate to see it. Uh, the man I could have sworn was dedicated to Queens. Seems like, you know, of course, his allegiance lies with the Yankees from his childhood, and you really, really hate to see that. 
but also Brody Van Wagenen yeah. trades two two MLB caliber prospects for eleven starts of Marcus Stroman. Okay, what, what, what do you what, what do you want me to react about Stroman? I'm asking. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. It's it's a load I, I just of absolute curious, bullshit. I'm just curious the overall feelings towards Marcus Stroman from the the Mets contingent. So I mean, I was praising this dude for a while, and then we traded who Anthony K and um, Simeon Woods Richardson and Simeon Woods Richardson, Anthony K, Simeon um, Dubs. Anthony Kay was the, like the least of our problems in that trade giving right. away. He was the right. closest to being major league ready, but yes. Simeon Woods Richardson's arm talent and age, he was 19 years old when they traded him. And they yep. gave him away, and which he's again, going to which be... Which, again, you never know. Because, again, th- those, those young 19-year-old arms, they could be touted, and you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. So, granted, you know, Stroman, you think that you're going to get the guy and you're going to start to actually fill your rotation and maybe make a run for it. Um, unfortunately, that is not how it played out, and we know that. Um, I just don't think you can have a team that you claim is like built on such strong pitching and then trade away your pitching depth so that when you have inevitable pitching injuries, because they're the most injury-prone position mm-hmm. on the field, you can't trade away your depth and then have literally zero pitching once do you have a couple injuries. Do you guys feel that he would have opted out if the Mets were good? Um... I, I, and I'm not trying to yes. be unfair. Yes, I don't, yes, I'm I not do. trying to be unfair. I'm, I'm just asking. Yeah, you know. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 he, he, he does, he's not the kind of character that would just say "fuck it" because his team's not in the running and opt out. I, he genuine. I mean, he struck me as, and he still strikes me as the kind of guy who will do whatever he can do to help his team win, um, regardless of the situation. It doesn't matter whether they're a contender or not. Um, so yes, I do think to me, that. You know, to me, this is more about his his future than the team. I mean, he has a chance to go into the free agency market this off season as probably the youngest pitcher on the market um, without throwing a single pitch for over a year. So his arm is rested, and there's no lingering concern about any you know shoulder issues or arm issues mm-hmm. that could affect the amount of money he's get gonna get. So why would he set foot on the field this season? And take a chance of ruining the absolute, you know, bank that he's about to get. So, uh, I don't think it would have changed if the Mets were good or not. I mean, he played for the the Blue Jays for numerous years, who weren't that great for the majority of those years that he played there, and he gutted it out pretty much every single season. Uh, he came back from an ACL tear at one injury very quickly. Um, so, I, I don't think. It has anything to do with team performance, yeah. but more about yeah. his personal situation. But I think the thing that really sucks, though, about that is that Anthony Kay has been looking real, real nice uh, for the for the Blue Jays. The dude has a one seven four ERA on the season, and granted, you know, small sample size, ten innings pitched, but still, he gave up a homer in his debut. Um, I think he threw maybe like two innings of uh, relief, gave up a dong dong, struck out two through two innings, uh, but since then has not given up a home run, and. You know, has a solid eight Ks through like eight innings. So that's what sucks is that K has been looking nice. And Simeon Wood Richardson apparently in like the summer Jays camp has been quote turning heads. So of course, you know, uh, anyone who the Mets trades away turns to gold. You know how it is. You really fucking hate to see it because that seems to be the story of our lives. But either way, Miguel appreciate that little question. Uh, but we're gonna go back to the rotation real quick. So again, who else is hurt in the Mets rotation? Seems to be the theme every year. So 
Obviously, we got Syndergaard out with Tommy John. Strowman, who just opted, who opted out earlier this month. Uh, Waka is currently riding the 10-day um, IL. I think he might be coming back potentially this weekend. Um, but, you know, again, we'll see. Hopefully he comes back. But, again, it, yeah, I'm not expecting him to make a, uh, a huge impact on the rotation either way. And, again, on top of that, DeGrom has had, you know, a start pushback due to neck tightness this year. So he's, you know, battling a little bit of side things. But, again, he's been the absolutely dominant pitcher that he always is, the best pitcher in baseball, no question. Derek Cole could actually absolutely suck up an old-fashioned Duke. So, overall, who we're looking at for the rotation? Uh, we got DeGrom, a.k.a. DeGoat. We have... Italian Stallion Pony Boy, Ricardo Porcello, with a little bit of Managot on the side. We Ooh. got, yeah, fucking nosy each Managot. That's one of my favorite uh, Sopranos lines. Uh, come on. Uh, we got Roberto Giselman, who, who's coming out of the pen. I still love the dude. He's got great uh, arm sleeve tats um, and that long hair. He looks like. He looks like a Thrones character, and I've never even seen Thrones, but I think I saw that last year. Either way. And, of course, we got our boy, the golden boy, Corey Oswald. Um, Dude, how are you leaving out Steven Matz? But, okay. But, so, so, that's, so that's the next one, is Steven Matz. And here's the thing with Matz, is that there have been a lot of talk, especially after his last start against the Nats. I'll tell you what the thing is with Matz. He absolutely sucks. Okay. That's what so, the thing so, is. So, so, He's so, not so, great. So here's the actual thing with Matz, is that... You look at his, you go into the details of his numbers, okay? And if you look at his last start against the Nats, which again, if you just take it at face value, you just look at his stat line, um, what did he, he got shelled for like six earned or something like that. But if you actually were watching the game, like of course a dedicated fan I was. Um, first one was, of the season, he, folks. Not the first one of the season, but okay, you can suck it. He got, uh, you know, pulled, you know, he's thinking about getting pulled from the rotation. There's speculation about that. Of course, now is literally the worst time because our rotation is just battered and beaten to a pulp and we're scavenging for guys. But either way, you look at his last start against the Nats and he was looking pretty nice uh, through the first four innings. I think he maybe, you know, had like one earned on like a ding-dong on like two hits through the first four. And he was pitching in a masterful outing outside of that. And then, of course, fifth inning, things just start to fall apart. He loads the bases. Uh, walks like two guys in a row, gives up a fucking three-run dong, and all of a sudden, the dude is just completely shelled. And See, the thing is about being a starting pitcher is that you have to be able to pitch more than four innings. Well. Of course, of course. So, so, and so he that, can't because so this, he's a head case. As right. soon as he does one bad thing, so this he is, goes off know, the rails. He pulls a U, talking about Porcello. He's a crazy That's long, what he does every start. He's a crazy Long Island boy. But either way, I mean, if you look at this detailed number, so he has a 22.1 strikeout rate, which is the same as the career average. So it's not like he's, you know, floundering much more than he typically does, which, again, isn't crazy, but usually he's, he, he could be a solid, you know, four or five guy. Um, he's got a lower walk rate than previous years, 5.8% walk. He stanks the big farts. He stanks the big folks. It's not ridiculous. He want me to continue going on into the details of Stephen Matz and to at least explain my take on the dude and where maybe he better belongs. He belongs he belongs uh, in the minor leagues because he absolutely stinks. So again, overall, 
is not a great time to be talking about whether you want to get to take a guy out of the rotation. He's got a nice nine. Mike, he's got a nice nine. Shut the fuck up for like two <laughs> seconds. I mean, I let you go the whole fucking Yank segment. You talk about whatever you want. You talk about Luke Voigt's buttons bursting out the seams. Talk about the Mayhew. <laughs> come on, that's a, gr- that's a great topic. That's a great topic. I mean, come he's on. got a nine ERA. Let what are we talking about talk here? For two seconds. You've been talking the whole time. I'm allowed to chime in. We've been talking in. about this this whole week. <laughs> the guy has a nine ERA, and you're you're trying to defend. Oh well, if you look inside the numbers, I look inside the numbers. He's got so a nine ERA, at, and he, he absolutely stinks. So and I watch him pitch, and he stinks. All in all, he's the kind of guy that you can move to the pen. He's a viable pen option if we can look for a, one other starter to just get him the fuck out of the rotation. Where are we going to per- find one? Make a trade, folks. We got a trade the, deadline coming up. It's the middle of the season. We got a trade deadline coming up. Plenty of opportunities. Are we have nothing down. to trade. We got people. <laughs> we got people. Okay, so here's. Okay, so we got, we got nothing to trade. Let's talk about the lineup then. We got plenty of guys in the lineup who it seems like you know we're trying to squeeze guys in. Isn't that right, Matt? We got, of course, you know uh, the young buck himself, Dom Smith, who you you know, you know I love. I'm not saying we're gonna deal him and. We should give him a fucking big-ass contract, if anything. Uh, we, we love Dom Smith, and it's pretty crazy that even in semi-limited playing time, he's leading the team in homers and RBIs. It's insane. And doubles. And doubles. Don't, can't forget the doubles. Absolutely. So uh, he's got high numbers. He's at the top of the clubhouse. He's a great dude. Big smiles all around when you got Dom Smith playing. you got to love that, folks. He is the true happy also fella. Also co-founder of the Cookie Club. True. SNY. Big shout-out. Come on. <laughs> And I think he's the true happy fellow of New York. DJ Urshela can absolutely suck it. He's an absolute sack of shit. Oh, DJ Urshela? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can't make one mistake on this podcast. It's unbelievable. I was trying not to correct you. I didn't want to set you off the rails. It rest. really is unbelievable. Well, you're coming after the happy fella, and I'm going to have to call you out on your mistake. I mean, Fair it's, enough. Uh... You got to clap back. But either way, like I was saying, if we wanted to trade for somebody at the deadline, some sort of starter, we could look to maybe package something together. Again, we got a pretty crowded infield, don't we? Andres Jimenez, the young buck, only 21 years old. Again, Such a young boy. I love this dude, the youngest of boys. Uh, turns 22 next month, so a big happy birthday uh, to Andres Jimenez next month. But again, this dude finds out ways to, he finds ways to get on base. Uh, boys laid down a couple drag bunts this season. He, he's just he's just everything the Mets aren't. He's everything that we've never so had. Great. Exactly. He he's got six yeah, he's six def- stolen bases on the year. Yeah, he's defense, he's speed, he's small ball, he's yep. aggressive base running and smart base running. Yep. yep. Uh, and those are all things that the Mets have lacked exactly. for so long. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, maybe we need to keep him. Maybe we shouldn't trade him. Okay, so <laughs> let's see who else we could trade. Go down the list. Luis Guillorme. Maybe we can make make a little sweet deal. Uh, package some shit together with Guillaume. Who knows? You look at his last 28 plate appearances, he's got a 478 average. So the dude's looking kind of nice. And he, of course, he's got the, you know, the one of the best hands in terms of uh, you know, the, the middle infield on the Mets right now. So you're looking at a guy with defensive prowess as well as somewhat of a hot bat right now. No pop at all, but you know, you hate to see it, but you gotta love it, you gotta suck it. Um, very small, very small man. Small boy. But overall, all I'm saying is, I mean, again. You know, then you got Rosario, who needs to find himself. We've seen what he could do. The boy's got to pick it up, though. I feel like you got to keep throwing him. You got to keep putting him out there to get some playing time, see if he could uh, whip it back up. But again, all I'm saying is that we got, granted, 
this is kind of the most depth that we've ever had in like an infield before, so I would hate to give it up. But again, if you need a fucking starter, and if you want to even consider moving Matt to the pen, which I know you guys are not too fond of doing, you could look to get some fucking, some other starter. You could also throw Corey Oswald out there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. We got options. Uh, so, folks. Yeah, yeah, I can hear him. Oh, you hate to see it. Because I'm talking. This is great know. for you, Jeremy. Say what you got to say. Oh, so I'm talking. Big Dog can't hear me. This is probably the greatest experience of my life. <laughs> so, overall, offensively, the boys need to be doing a little more. Um, <laughs> like I was saying, we got, we got to pick it up a bit. Uh, big night last night against the Marlins. Big romping. Yeah, leave. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, big dog. Uh, peace and solitude. Finally. This is what the fans needed, folks. This is what it needs. Just good old-fashioned peace and quiet. The Mets fans just talking. Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Nothing. The oh, only thing that's better than bad. this is... Fuck. <laughs> that was so short-lived. Wow. Overall, that's that's all I got to say about the Mets. I'm, uh, I'm a bit heated right now, so... We gotta. We need to take a little breather. <laughs> Tom Smith to the bullpen, baby. Come on. Fuck. <laughs> Word from the sponsors. Hit them with it. We're the mattress professionals doing it right. Trust, Trust me, me, me for the rest, rest of your life. Ladies and gentlemen. It is Sleepy's, like the big dog has said, it is one of the greatest and most genius slogans imaginable. Let's break it down for you. Uh, Matt from Hoboken, you got some questions about what is being said in the slogan? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know if, do they want us to trust them for the rest of our life, for the rest of the, the night? Well, you sleep at night. Interesting that you would ask that question, because um, the answer is the rest of your life and it happens to be a double entendre one of our favorite grammatical things uh, the rest of your life obviously is an idiom that we all know and the physical rest as if you're sleeping hence the name sleepies the rest of your life ladies and gentlemen one of the most brilliant Words to ever come out of a marketing department. Sleepy's absolutely nailed it. When did they come up with that, Mike? Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but it was September 6, 1954. <laughs> um... <laughs> really? The Wikipedia god. <laughs> no, no, just pulled that one out of my ass. Oh. Um, September 6th. 1964. 1954. 1954, I'm sorry. Um, a, a bunch of people, they got together, they were in the classic 50s suits. Uh, down, for some reason, the Sleepy's office was in Wall Street, uh, because everything in the, in the 50s, when you're coming up with an advertisement, um, or any sort of anything, was at Wall Street. Um, Mikey, which year did you guess that it was started? It was 1954. Um, basically, what happened was... It was 1957. Uh, it was first incorporated. Holy shit. It's not, close. It's not a big deal. Um, 
Yeah, but 1954, they they gathered around the table. Yeah. Uh, Robert Robert Mulholland, the uh, <laughs> the founder of of Sleepies, he uh, he was sitting with a couple of his kittens, and uh, they were uh, having a grand old time. <laughs> Robert Robert had just taken a big old fashioned Duke in the TV, and uh, yeah. You know, he got a call from... Uh, I think it was actually the only headquarters where they used uh, two-ply toilet paper. Every other headquarters in America only used one-ply. And, and that's... The only one that used two. And that's how Robert became just a, a business tycoon. I mean, he was using two-ply. He was sitting with his kittens, and he just had this unbelievable idea. He said, you know what? Not only do I want a great mattress for the rest of my life, but I also want it for the rest of my life. And... You know, in that moment, Sleepy's was born, and it's just been—it's uh, been a—it's been, been a great American success story ever since. And folks. really, yeah, the rest is history. There, it's—it's uh, it's unbelievable. Sleepy's the rest of your life. Be completely honest. I mean, mattress stores are definitely—they're—they're they're fucked. They're going out of business. I mean, I, you look on the trend of the mattress markets right now, and everyone is buying online. You could buy a mattress. Uh, what do you got? Zinus is a brand. Uh, Casper. Casper. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Um, One of the greatest that's, that's Disney, his, movie, Disney movies of all time. That's his mattress of choice, folks. Right. Just so you guys know, Sleepy's actually went defunct three years ago. Not surprised. Like their, re, their retail yeah, but, store is gone. Yeah, so. but they're, they're, they're still the mattress professionals. They're still doing it right. They're still doing it right, but you can get a mattress shipped. In a, you still got to trust them. Uh, you still got to trust them. Big shout out to uh, our buddy Corey. How we doing? Um, I helped him move his mattress, heavy-ass box, up to his third-floor walk-up, excuse me, and, uh, boom, you take that puppy right out of the box, plop it down, give it, like, 18 hours, it expands, and you got a full-size mattress. Unbelievable, really. And, folks, you love to see that, Sleepies. Trusted mattress professionals since 1957, three years before they came in with the slogan, and, folks, the rest is rock and roll history. And you gotta love it, you gotta suck it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're happy to be back. We're better than ever. We've calmed down a little bit uh, from the Mets segment as we all kind of needed a little bit of a breather after the beratement on you know, certain opinions about potentially, just potentially, entertaining the idea of moving Stephen Mass to the bullpen, but okay. Let bygones be bygones. Had a nice little advertisement from Sleepies. Um, we're moving on to our new segment. It's, you know it, you love it. It is a new segment called, uh, what, what do we call it? Mailbag. Mailbag. Ask Jeeves. Called Ask Jeeves. <laughs> so we're going to ask Jeeves, and we're going to be Jeeves, uh, uh, the ask okay we're gonna call this we're gonna call this segment the ask Jeeves mailbag, and we have questions submitted by our award-winning listeners uh, for the baseball schmucks that would be us uh, to give our two cents on pure unadulterated <laughs> takes on these questions. So folks, we had a question come from. Um, Shankalina69, who asked us, what's your take on the recent debates of, quote, unwritten rules of baseball, end quote, following 
the, backla- the backlash of Fernando Tatis, a.k.a. the Titty Man, hitting a grand salami on a 3-0 count while the Padres were up 10-3 against the Rangers. Miguel, big dog, schmuck putts, duty standing in the back of your pantaloons. What's your take on the uh, all this shit you know, coming about where Titty Man's getting kind of shit on real quick by his own manager and the Rangers manager uh, following this? I think there's a consistent take across all the current active players and a lot of you know, post players, but I think we all have a very similar opinion as well. So what, what, do, you, what do you got to say? Yeah, well, first off, thank you, Shankalina, for the uh, absolutely fantastic question. You love to see that, folks. I've um, got nothing to say. You hate to see it. I think you're on mute on our FaceTime, but you're probably still talking on the, uh, on the So yeah, okay. I think that uh, consistently with what most of Twitter has been saying, it's just absolutely ridiculous uh, to expect that he wouldn't swing the bat. Baseball is just not a timed sport. You are just not out of the game until that final strike is thrown. So, yeah, I want my team to continue piling on runs. I want my superstars to have good at-bats, even if I think the game is out of reach. That That's just what I want. Um, I have no problem with him swinging. I think he should do it again. Um and I think his manager forcing him to apologize really sucks. Um, this guy is a, a superstar. And, yeah, the unwritten rules of baseball are stupid. Uh, I think if he had the opportunity to do it again, I would hope that he would continue doing it. And I would hope that everyone in baseball would continue doing it. So, uh, overall, I think it's stupid and uh, just extremely crazy that a couple of managers called them out for it. Agreed. I don't think we even need to spend you know, any more time on this. There are a couple unwritten rules, obviously, in baseball that you know, should be followed. If, if, if your team is up you know, like 15 to 3 and you hit a fucking huge tater tot, an unwritten rule I would say that you should follow is that you maybe shouldn't you know, walk halfway down the first baseline and admire you know, your fucking tater tot when your team is absolutely destroying the other team. That's a situation where, totally understandably so, the opposing pitcher, you know, could be in the next guy and it would be completely warranted. You know, shit like that is unacceptable. But if you're up, and again, 10 to 3, it's not like they were up 20 to 3. That's a completely different story. You're up seven runs, next team gets up, you know, maybe they score four runs next inning and then it's anybody's ball game at that point. So, again, 10-3 game, you got a 3-0 and count, you find a fucking meatball across the plate, you hit a tater tot. No question. Uh, Throw a better pitch. Throw a better pitch. Throw a better pitch. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Um, Next question. This one is also from Shankalina69. Who is your favorite contender who is not the Yanks or the Dodgers? Big dog. Favorite contender that's not the Yanks or the Dodgers? Um... Favorite is in who do I think has the best chance? Uh, I would say it's probably hard to pick against Oakland right now. Uh, mm, that's what I was going to say. I Love think them. Oakland, I, and I want to say we talked about this on the season preview, they, they were set up well for this because you have guys like Jesus Lazardo in the rotation who in 162 you probably have to be cautious with his innings limit. Um, but in a 60-game season, you don't really have to do that, and he's proving to be a really, really talented pitcher. Um, Frankie Montas, bad start tonight, but overall very talented. So that's a pretty formidable one, too, not to mention their their bullpen is mm-hmm. is pretty good, and the lineup is electric, and, and they just feel like they nev- they're never out of a game. 
Yeah, Chris, um, Chris, Chris Bassett, too. Can't forget him. Yeah, Chris Bassett has been very good. Um, very good sinker. So, so oh, I would say, I would say Oakland. Um, and then if, I mean, the, the other two options for me would be Minnesota and Tampa, but I would say yep. Oakland would be my choice. Yep. I was going to go uh, Oakland, Minnesota. That's kind of my one-two punch there. Um, you know, the Twins, you know, what they're capable of. Their offense is just a uh, force to be fucked with. Um, and as well as a solid rotation around Berrios and Odorizzi. Get to Maeda, who they got uh, in the offseason. So I like the A's and the Twins. Um, for me, for me, it's the Rays. Um, mm. I mean, right now they're, they're fourteen and nine. They're only two and a half back. They're fourteen and nine. Uh, you know, they're without Charlie Morton right now, who's True. got a shoulder injury. Yep. Uh, Glasnow hasn't really been all that sharp. I was saying earlier, off the off the air. Uh, you know, he's got a fifteen point one K nine, but he's also walking a billion guys per game. So his pitch counts through the roof way too early. He's got to get his control down, but. I mean, once that happens, he's going to be a disaster to uh, have to deal with. And then also Blake Snell, they've been so deliberately stretching him out over the first few weeks of baseball. They're finally letting him throw five innings. So once he's able to be, like, fully unleashed, um, I think that three-headed monster is going to be tough to compete with when it comes to uh, playoff time. Amen. Love that. Love that. All good takes. Uh, Next question that we got in our Ask Jeeves mailbag. Is from XX Dookie Pot Pie ninety three underscore X, who asks us, "What kind of dumb ass moves do you think Brody Van Wagenen makes at the trade deadline, and any other takes on the trade deadline in general?" Um, I think what we can expect, and what we'll probably, you know, see happen like we do every fucking year, um, regardless of who the Mets GM seems to be, is that we're going to trade away a couple key prospects and just absolutely dwindle our farm system to the core. We're going to be a shriveled up bone. We're literally going to end up being the old grandma uh, who loves chocolate from SpongeBob sitting in the wheelchair. That's going to be the equivalent of our farm system. Uh, And we'll end up getting some fucking piece of shit, probably middle of the pack veteran starting pitcher to try to round out the the, uh, rotation that, you know, we had quite the conversation earlier about. And he's going to end up being a bust. He'll probably end up with a shoulder injury. And, of course, we will have depleted our farm system once again. Matt, what's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be like that usual nonsense he likes to spew where it's like, we want to win now, but we also want to win in the future. And he's just going to trade the future away for like a slightly above average piece to try and squeak into the playoffs for yeah. now. Um, and, then, and then miss by one game. Yeah, then miss by one game and it'll be a waste. Of course. Uh, I would say that this is most likely the last hurrah for this regime. Like, between Jeff and Fred and Brody, like, this team's getting so old. It's a, matter, it's a matter of when. Let's go. Bro, Brody is not being allowed to come back. No. So, it's just like, they have nothing to lose. So, it wouldn't shock me to see them try and make some ridiculous splash, like, I'm not saying that I think this will happen, but it wouldn't shock me if they yep. tried to trade for, like, a Francisco Lindor and gave away their entire farm system to try and get some more offensive production this season and try and sneak into the playoffs. And, so, and it'll end up being a big old-fashioned second Duke or he'll get injured. Yeah, and it's going to negate anything that he might have done. You know, people have touted the way he's handled the past two drafts, uh, getting guys to sign that a lot of people thought 
we're firmly committed to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's probably going to wind up trading away one of those two big guys that he managed to reel in in the draft. So nothing would surprise me. This trade deadline's going to be very confusing. Um, the season's very weird, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I, I honestly have no fucking idea what's going to happen to this trade deadline given the shortened corona season. It's not. I don't think we're going to see as many big splashes, but that's just my two cents. Big dog, what do you think? Um, very quickly, I think Brody's going to be aggressive. I think we've seen that in his uh, brief stint already as, as Mets general manager. He, he has been aggressive with the Cano deal, with the, uh, with the Marcus Stroman deal at, at last year's deadline, even when the Mets looked out of it. Um, I, I don't think they look out of it at this point because nobody's really out of it except for maybe like three teams. Um, so I expect him to be aggressive as uh, Matt from Hoboken just let us know. They, the Mets are probably going to be sold. I think it's the Wilpons' last shot. I think Brody's not long for this job. So I expect them to be aggressive. Um, I don't know who the exact piece is. Maybe some sort of starter. Could it be a um, like a Trevor Richards or Williams? Sorry, whichever one's on the Pirates. Um, something like that maybe just to throw a name out there. Um and just in general, I would say it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm not sure exactly what to expect. I could see it, you know, there being nothing that substantial happening uh, because I, I'm not even sure who's going to be a buyer and a seller past like a few teams. Or a big I duty think, smeller. Big duty smeller. I, I think out. the Red Sox are going to be an interesting team to watch here with guys like J.D. Martinez, with guys like Barnes and Workman in the bullpen. Um, I think we could see them making some moves. And the other thing I would keep an eye on is uh, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak. Have they pissed off the Indians organization enough to be, to be moved um, for, for maybe an outfielder in a, in a trade of young assets? Um, that's something that, that might just not have implications on this year, but also uh, upcoming years. So it's going to be a very interesting deadline, um, and, and that would be my uh, expectation. Two cents. Um, what other questions do we have? Those are the only three that I have written down. They're right there, oh, boy. Gone. Yep, the phlegm is coming. And uh, we do have one last question. It's this, from... This is, <clears throat> this is from the Kamish. Kamish324. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeez. Jeez. Get that phlegm out, dude. It's disgusting. <clears throat> Just give, Love one, to see give, it. give one big cough. All right, we're good. We're good. For Uncle Train specifically, if your childhood hero, Pee Wee Herman, was a Major League Baseball player, at which position would he be most likely to succeed? Um, I would probably say center field. Uh, He's an absolute fucking lunatic. I see him as kind of like a Kevin Pillar kind of guy, where he is, you know, covering maybe like 60, 70 yards in a mad dash sprint. You know, when they move the infield in for a uh, for a Juan Lagares type character, and all of a sudden, you know, he hits a little uh, tater tot out to the warning track, and somehow the dude manages to sprint like 50 yards, um, makes a full on layout. I could see him um, climbing up the uh, up the center field wall, like oh, who did that? Cl- climb like Spider Man. Um, come on, help Tory me. Hunter. Tory Hunter. No, was it? Was it Tory Hunter who did that? Oh, yeah. Billy Hamilton. No, was, yeah, was was it Billy Hamilton with like the full on mid? I thought it was someone on the Reds. 
I thought you were thinking of the Tory Hunter catch in the All-Star game. Oh, the one where he robbed uh, Barry Bonds? Yeah. That was unbelievable. No. Okay, well, either way. Like, some like, like a Bo Jackson kind of run up the wall kind of shit. But Pee Wee Herman, that's what I'm seeing. You know, a skinny, scrawny, high-energy kind of guy covering a lot of ground. Um, absolute lunatic out there. Um, so I could see him as a, uh, as a center fielder. Great question by the commission. Great question. Commission 324. Commission 324. Thank you, Commission 324. Um, is there anything else we got, or is that, is that it? I think that's it. Those are all the questions from my end, at least. So uh, cool. thank you to the loyal fans for submitting. Uh, we will do this again at some point. But it was yeah. uh, great to see the, the inbox turnout for Uncle Trent and the Big Dog. The Ask Jeeves mailbag was full. Olten's face just looked like something crazy just happened. So, Olten, would you like to fill the uh, the peanut gallery in? Talk to the crowd. I looked up Billy Hamilton's Spider-Man, and I'm watching a catch that he made, like, August 8th, okay. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was, uh, that's what I was thinking about. It was, it was pretty tight. Sorry. He, like, run, he like runs, it's like four steps up the wall kind of thing. And then, like, catches it over his yeah. shoulder. He wasn't yeah. even... <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was bananas. It was bananas. Um... So fuck. Somebody, somebody replies. Austin Jackson could. Oh, do it was. Yeah, no, no, no. It, 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 it was the Reds. It, 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 <laughs> that's great. It was the Reds, right? Was it against the yes. uh, Cards? Uh, I gotta replay. Let me see. Uh, San Diego. Okay. Oh, yeah. San Diego. I think he's had multiple crazy, like dead. I mean, he's he's had it. He's got a fucking highlight reel. Uh, no question about it. No question it's just the it. speed. The speed is like unparalleled. This is a long fucking episode. Holy shit! All right, we're gonna cap it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, grazie, molto bene, or Italian. Riccardo Porcello, ciao bella. Porcello, managotta. Uh, so we're gonna be eating some managot and uh, a little bit of caprese. I cut my finger making caprese uh, like two weeks ago. I was chopping the the uh, cherry tomatoes. And the I heck were you doing sl- making caprese? <laughs> I, I was feeling it. I rented Dagostinos, which I don't usually do because they're a little pricey. Their Annie's mac and cheese is like four ninety nine a box, which is ridiculous. I mean, you go to Fairway Oof. Whole Foods, you're talking two ninety nine. It's a hefty price tag. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I now buy the family sized Annie's, and I'll just eat the whole thing in one sit. Big shout out to Matt Boone. Oh, I just said the full name. I shouldn't say that. Oh, Big shout out to Matthias Jabunis Russell uh, with his Annie's delectable recipes back in college the boy used to make like three four boxes of annies and like throw in like spinach and tomatoes and the works and would make like gourmet annies meals it really was a a sight for sore eyes uh that's a good thing right sight for sore eyes yes that's not a bad thing right that's a good thing (laughs) god bless you matt uh alrighty ladies and gentlemen on that note we're gonna call it it's been good it's been fun it's been real I can't say it's good. It's been good, fun, real, though. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's it. It's late. Rivet there, she, rivet Love you all. <laughs>